to Radio TFS. This is a special show as part of our Road to Rosario series. Today we'll be talking about the new features in the Developer Edition. Hi, my name's Paul Hacker, and I'd like to welcome my co-host, Mickey Gousset from TeamSystemRocks.com and Martin Woodward from WoodwardWeb.com. Hello, guys. Hey, Paul. Hey there, Paul. We're lucky to have been granted privileged access into Team System Team as they prepare to show us what they've been working on for the next version of Team System, which has the code name of Rosario, but will have the official name of Visual Studio Team System 2010 when it's released. PDC will be the event where they really start talking and showing us early builds of Rosario. But we're going to be giving you the inside track here for free over the next few weeks on Radio TFS. First off, uh, can we thank Chuck Sterling at Microsoft, who is the community lead for Team System, and who has been doing all the hard work tracking down our guests for us. Without him, this wouldn't have been possible. Thanks, Chuck. Now, on to the show. As you may have heard, Microsoft recently announced the fantastic news from October 1, 2008. Anyone that has purchased Team System Development Edition or Database Professional Edition with Software Assurance will get the other product included for free. This means that if you have an MSDN Premium subscription with Development Edition, then you will be able to download and install the Database Professional Edition totally for free. Equally, if you have DataDude, you can now get the Development Edition for free. In Visual Studio Team System 2010, Microsoft will provide a unified VSTS development and database product alongside the architecture and test editions. In show 9, we spoke with Gert Drapers about the new features in the database side of the product. So today we're going to focus on what is new in the development side of the product. And to do that, let's introduce our special guest, Habib Hadarian. Habib is a lead program manager on the VSTS development group. His main responsibilities include the Visual Studio Debugger, Profiler, code coverage, and pretty much anything else related to troubleshooting and diagnosing applications. He joined Microsoft in 2000 and has been a developer division ever since. Before joining Microsoft, Habib studied computer science at the Australian National University in Canberra. While not at work, Habib spends his time playing with robots, shooting hoops, or chasing that elusive yellow fin. One of his favorite possessions is a Washington State license plate with the label Runtime. Welcome, Habib. Thank you very much, guys. Habib. I always think that out of all of the SKUs that make up Team Suite, you guys in the developer edition have the hardest job because, well, I mean, the developer was pretty well served already with Visual Studio Professional. We've talked in the past about all the great features that are in the current 2008 version of the developer edition, but what's some of the cool new stuff that's coming in Rosario that the developer is going to want to use every day? Um I would say that if you look at the Rosario release, one of the key things that we went after is how do we make the developer more productive? Uh, so to give you an example, we've introduced a new feature called the application um, uh, flight recorder, or we call it historical debugger for now. So imagine the idea that um, being able to essentially, when a problem happens, be able to go back in time and figure out why it happened. So one of the most common problems that we get from our customers is, you know, uh, our test team has found a bug, and we're, we're trying to figure out why the bug. Re and that issue is really, really hard. And imagine being able to actually capture that problem and be able to share it with your developers, and developer be able to then repro that bug by going back in time and figuring out um, what actually happened. So this is analogous to uh, when you have an airplane, and it has a, a, the idea of having a black box on an airplane such that 
if uh, a problem happens with a flight, you can then recover that black box and be able to replay the situation and figure out what actually happened. Now, that's only one of the things that we focused on uh, during Rosario. Uh, another really uh, important feature that we feel is going to boost the productivity and also uh, really improve the uh, application quality is this idea of um, test impact analysis. So imagine this. Imagine you're a developer uh, going, uh, writing some code, but you really have no idea whether your code's going to break some tests or what the quality of your code is until you check it in and, and, and kind of hope that nothing bad will go wrong. Now, we have this uh, notion of test impact analysis so that as you're writing code, we'll actually tell you um, in real time what tests have been um, impacted uh, by the code that you've changed. So uh, we feel rather than kind of having to wait uh, and hear back from your testers that you've broken your tests, it's much more productive to actually catch those uh, kind of uh, breakages as soon as you write the code and be able to do something about it. So those are only a, a, a couple of the major functionalities that uh, we're introducing um, in Rosario. Wow, Sweet. they sound awesome. So just to take the, the, as you mentioned at first, the flight recorder thing, how, how does it actually work? You know, which bits, what do you need to have installed where for it, for it to be able to play stuff back? So... Uh, we, uh, when we were actually designing the, the uh, application flight recorder, we were thinking of two mainline scenarios. One is the developer scenario. So imagine this. Uh, a lot of times when you're debugging your application, um, you kind of uh, wish that you could go back in time and uh, figure out uh, why, for example, an exception happened. So uh, in that case, when you're developing code and debugging at the same time, you really don't need anything additional installed uh, on the Visual Studio Team system uh, machine, it, it just comes out of the box. We also have another scenario where we call kind of bridging the gap between developers and testers, and that's the case where essentially a tester is running some tests, they come across a problem, and what they do is they capture that problem in one of these uh, log files that they, they route back to a developer. In that instance, all you need to do is basically install the tester bits on the tester machine, uh, and that will enable that scenario as well. And, and what actually happens, and this is one of the coolest features, is that uh, the, the, the tester can automatically attach the, uh, the, these log files to a bug and then send it back to a developer for them to repro and figure out what the problem is. So there's really no kind of additional steps or requirements to make all this happen. Uh, one of the key goals that we're going after is provide an excellent out-of-the-box experience so that you don't need to do a lot of setup or configuration um, to be able to kind of jump into it. But at the same time, once you are into it, the idea is we'll provide a bunch of knobs and dials to be able to kind of dial down or up uh, regarding um, how much functionality uh, and capability you want in the feature. And then... How does like the how does the replay experience work? To so say the um, a test has submitted a bug with this recording attached to it, how does a developer then take that and you know play it back? And they can say, oh look, there's my bug. I can see this is plus one when it should be minus one. Okay, um, so uh, today, uh, I mean, uh, 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 just about everyone's familiar with the idea of opening a work item and a bug. So the experience is going to be very similar. So imagine. Uh, you have a bug assigned to you right now. You double-click on that work item in uh, Visual Studio, and that work item opens up. 
there is a, a tab there that basically says something like attachments or links. Uh, you click on that tag, and, and in there you'll see a link to the actual log itself. All you need to do is simply click on that link. That will bring up a report. And the idea behind this report is that essentially your portal into what your application uh, was doing and what environment it was running in. So imagine having a summary page of what was the machine configuration, what processes were running on that box, uh, what was your hardware configuration. And then from then on, you basically uh, will see a list of the kind of most interesting or perhaps troublesome events, such as seeing an actual exception on that page itself. So from there, it's a jump-off point where you can click on that exception. We will then kind of rewind the, the log file back to where that exception happened, and then open up the source file in your code where that happened as well. And from then on, it can kind of jump, jump forwards and backwards in your code to figure out exactly where the problem happened. So we try to make it a a um, very seamless experience where you can start off from a high level in terms of a summary report, and then from then go, do, go down all the way to your code and figure out where in, in your code base the problem actually happened. Wow. Well, I want to learn a little more about the test impact analysis. I mean, you said it, 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 it's, it does this real time, so it's not during a compile or anything like that. It's while I'm editing my code. If I edit a piece of code that that has a unit test against it, then that it's going to automatically flag that test as needing to be run again? Yeah, so the idea right now is, is uh, um, that uh, we have essentially a, a, exactly that, two, a couple of scenarios. So one is um, being able to, as soon as you uh, type a piece of coding and, and you essentially save it, you don't need to actually uh, build it. As soon as you save the file, we have this uh, new window called the test impact window. That will, that's available under the um, uh, uh, test menu. Um, and you pull that up or, or have that uh, docked on the side of your uh, IDE. And as soon as you press the Save button, it basically lists all the tests that have been impacted. Um, and you, you see a direct correlation of, hey, I, I made a, a piece of uh, change in, in this uh, code right here, and I'll see what tests have been impacted. But we also have this really cool um, idea of a what-if analysis. So idea is this. As you actually put your cursor within a method, we will automatically populate the list with the test that if you were to make a change in this method, hypothetically, what test would be impacted? So, you would, so here's the scenario. Let's say that you put your cursor in a method and suddenly you know, 3,000 tests pop up. In your mind, uh, that would be a really good way kind of to gauge up, uh, and figure out, hey, this might be a real risky change if I make a, a change in this piece of code because it could potentially impact that many tests. So um, I might want to really be really careful uh, of what change I make or I, I want to assign this, uh, this change to perhaps a person who is more senior or an expert in this area to make sure that um, I don't break a lot of things. On top of that, we also have essentially the, the inverse view as well, such that you can actually select a test, and it will tell you what uh, essentially pieces of code impact that test. So we'll have this both um, kind of view of if I make a change, what tests are impacted, and also if I select a test, uh, what uh, pieces of uh, code did I change to impact that test? 
That is just too cool. So if you were just a quick question, sorry, Hemi, but I was wondering, you know, if you're if you're if you're in the code currently, I'm often you're writing a method and you want to run like the unit tests that touch this mm-hmm. method. Is there a quick way of doing that as well? Yeah, uh, one of the things is uh, we actually get feedback, especially in the uh, TDD world, that you know, uh, uh, how do we essentially optimize the the scenario of having to run um, all your tests? We actually have introduced a a new uh, command that allows you to only run impacted tests. So uh, let's say once you make a change and you don't want to run all your unit tests, you can now say, you know what, I want, only want to run the impacted tests and don't run um, any other tests. So you can run your unit tests from this new window, um, and uh, you can uh, you have the option of running all your unit tests or run only the impacted tests. And is there a, will there be a key binding associated with that as well? Because one of the things, you know, quite often my workflow is I'm in the code, writing a method, I've, I've changed something, and I want to go run all the tests associated with this. I'd ideally like to be able to press F5 or the equivalent, you know, just to run tests that have now been have been affected by this change. We definitely uh, are going to provide a key binding. Um, unfortunately, the only caveat is that because there are literally, you know, hundreds of commands in Visual Studio, and F5 is already <laughs> taken up by, by, by the debugger, it won't be as a uh, kind of streamlined key binding as we'd yeah, like right. it to be. So Control-RT like or something like that, like it is at the minute. Exactly. But, yeah, we know that, uh, especially in the TDD world, where you just want to keep your hands on, on, the, on the keyboard and uh, kind of, you know, continue your typing in that... Uh, uh, stream of flow. We're going to provide a, a, a hopefully as streamlined keyboard binding as possible to make the experience uh, kind of flow smoothly. Yeah, one of the things I've always wished in Visual Studio because I mean the keyboard shortcuts sometimes can be quite onerous to remember them all. It'd be nice if it was more notion of context, you know. So um, F5 when I'm in a partic- in one particular thing could mean something different to F5 when. I'm doing uh, wait, a let me get. You used to use Emacs before, no? <laughs> You're talking to the Java developer in the organization here. So I, I, I spend my life in Eclipse a lot, you know, and things like that. But yeah, okay. Emacs and Vi, you know, this is where I live, yeah. dude. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so uh, moving on here a second, uh, kind of switch gears. I'd like to, for the listeners out there, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what is this new thing called the standalone debugger, and as a developer, you know, or a tester, what is it? What is it good for for me? What 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 good does it bring to my to the table for for those folks? Um, so th- the idea behind the uh, standalone debugger is, is we've had a ton of customer requests about, you know, what a lot of times whenever I I, I get a bug, so th- this is actually a, a prime scenario. So let's say you have a tester in your organization and they're testing uh, an application. A lot of times, um, testers uh, who are primarily doing functionality testing rather than, let's say, API testing or other types of testing don't have the tools installed on their box. So your testers testing an application and suddenly they come across an issue. At that point, uh, in order to actually figure out what went wrong, and it's one of those issues that doesn't have repro very often, you'd have to kind of Go to that box, install the whole, uh, you know, uh, kind of VS to be able to debug that application. Imagine now uh, having a debugger on a USB key that you plug into that box and have, have the debugger come up. There is no installation, no changes to the configuration of the box, including 
nothing will be put down on the file system. The registry won't be touched. You debug the problem, uh, figure out where it is, pull out the USB key, and you're gone. And the same scenario also happens where, you know, we typically don't kind of recommend to customers running a debugger on a production machine, but sometimes, you know, kind of desperate times call for desperate measures. So we know that a number of customers really want to be able to have this zip, uh, zero footprint debugger so that, as I, as I mentioned, be able to just quickly either, you know, put in the USB key, uh, fire up the debugger, debug the problem, and walk away, or be able to just simply run the um, debugger from a share. Um, so we call this the X-copy deployment where there is no installation required so that you leave the machine as you found it, which is a really, really important scenario in uh, production uh, and staging environments. So the idea is how do we make the debugger zero footprint? And, and, and the idea behind this standalone debugger is that you can just copy it uh, on any device that you want and launch it off there. So uh, that's where the um, kind of standalone debugger idea came from. So we received a ton of positive feedback already internally. Actually, a bunch of people inside Microsoft already using it to debug their, their problems. So there's already a, a lot of interest that we've had. Awesome. Great. Well, I have, I have one more question for you because I've played with some of the, the other Rosario CTPs. And there was one of the other abilities or new items that was there was the code analysis rule sets. And I didn't know if you mm -hmm. could briefly touch on those. Sure. Uh, so the idea behind code analysis rule sets is that um, uh, and many of the uh, listeners have probably run in this, into this before where you, you get a solution or a project, you run code analysis, and then look at the error list, and then, uh, oh, my God, you have 2,000 <laughs> uh, warnings or errors and uh, from code analysis, and you really don't know where to start. And that really comes down to the fact that in, in the current, and when I say current, I mean 2008 and earlier versions of Visual Studio uh, team system, you really don't have uh, a lot of control of uh, what things you're in terms of uh, code analysis. I mean, we have some categories today, but you really want to go beyond that and, and tell um, code analysis, hey, I'm really interested, let's say, in this set of uh, rules that apply to my type of application. So today, the, the code analysis is kind of blind as to the type of the project. So regardless of whether you have a web project versus the console uh, application, we fire up the, the same type of rules, and you can't really, uh, if you want to go ahead and configure those things, it's a lot of work. The idea behind rule sets is that for a specific type of project, you can tell code analysis, here are the exact set of rules in this category that I'm interested in, and only warn me about those rules. And what's also nice is that it's, it's an iterative process so that once you've specified your rule set, you can then say, you know what, these couple of rules, I'm not interested in those either. So you can then remove those couple of rules from that rule set and only kind of um, focus on the most important problems. It's really the notion of um, how do you uh, eat an elephant, right? You kind of eat it one bite at a time. And rule sets allow you to kind of break down a large problem and be able to just focus on small chunks at a time and ultimately focus on the most important things according to you versus according to Visual Studio. And then once you figure that out, you kind of expand your rule set or you trim it down and really hone down on the most important 
problems that, that kind of occur in your organization versus a more generic set of rules um, uh, just across the environment. So I can define my own rule sets? Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yeah, we'll provide a bunch of, a number of rule sets out of the box, uh, but at the same time, we want to make it as extensible and flexible as we can. So you can create your own rule sets and, and then add or remove uh, rules as you wish, or you can modify the out-of-the-box uh, rule sets that will ship with uh, the Rosario release of the uh, team system. Can you share rule sets with other developers? Yes, you can. Yeah, but that's actually, we feel that's, that's a really important scenario because sure. uh, there is no such thing as a, as a team of one when it comes to development. There, there's ultimately any uh, kind of project that's of, of slightly even significant importance will include uh, multiple people. So we'll definitely uh, include that scenario as well. Awesome. Thank you. Sure. Great. And as we're getting low on time here, I just want to ask you, um, is there anything else that people out there should be trying and where um, send some feedback on? Um, you know, anything else in there that they, they should be looking at? Yeah, actually, um, uh, one of the other uh, key things that, that I want to uh, point out is this. Uh, in the uh, existing version of Visual Studio, we have a profiler uh, that comes with the tool. And... Uh, Kind of uh, the truth is it's somewhat challenging to use the profile today. I mean, the level of complexity and the amount of information that the profile displays uh, once you run it uh, over your application, it's a quite a lot of information. So we have done a ton of work in the Rosario release to make the uh, profiling experience that much more intuitive and 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 kind of it, everyone should be able it, it can actually use it now. So uh, when you uh, fire up the uh, profiler in Rosario release, you'll actually see a slew of changes to the UI. So I would highly encourage uh, your, your listeners to uh, pull up uh, Team System and also go to the Analyze menu and then figure out, you know, using the, uh, the new profiler uh, functionality, uh, what is wrong with your application. So uh, that's one area that... that um, I really want to kind of point out as a huge improvement over uh, uh, previous uh, releases of um, Team Developer. Fantastic, uh, Habib. Wow, Thanks awesome. very much. Great. So uh, yeah, we've got to we've got to wrap up now as it's coming up to the half hour. So um, thanks very much for your time. I mean, we know you're very busy, especially at the minute as you're getting ready for Rosario and everything. Uh, what's the where's what's the best place when people get their hands on the CTP? What's the best place for them to go to 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 send feedback and comments? You know that the team can can work on. Um, I would suggest, as usual, I mean, we have the Microsoft Connect website where uh, users can go and and open up any issues, and we triage. Um, and I, I guess I should kind of explain what triage means. It, it, it's a process at Microsoft where we go through every single bug that customers uh, uh, send us, and we go through, uh, read through the feedback, and figure out what to do with that bug. Certainly, Connect is one avenue. The other thing is we have a number of uh, uh, forums uh, that are out there that, that users can uh, post any issues, suggestions, feedback, and uh, Similar to the Connect website, we'll go ahead and read through each of the forums and uh, also respond to any feedback that we have. So I would certainly encourage both the forums and, and the Connect website as two avenues for customers to provide feedback. Fantastic. We'll provide links to uh, connect.microsoft.com and the MSDM forums for the Rosario release in the show notes at radiotfs.com. 
So just uh, remains to thank everyone for the time. If any listeners have got any questions or comments, then feel free to send them to radiotfs at gmail.com. Thanks very much.